everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Breakpoint Podcast. Starring myself, Frankie, and... Marcus, what's going on, Frank? Nothing much. We have the third major of the year, arguably the most prestigious major of the year in Wimbledon coming up. Been a really quick grass court season, which I think is disappointing for everyone because so far all of these grass tournaments have had some like really cool uh, matchups, some upsets, nice winners in there. Been pretty cool to see Berrettini and Hercash dominate the the grass court little swing that we had, which is which is awesome that Berrettini is back, and also seemingly Hercash is is back as well because he sort of just fell off for a little bit there. But um, but yeah, no, I love grass. The play style is great. It's fun to watch. Guys like Maximi Cressy do really really well. Uh, Jack Draper doing really really well. So I always think it's fun. We see a bunch of different names and and different play styles sort of succeed in comparison to clay for example yeah i think the grass season definitely needs to be expanded um there definitely needs to be a masters 1000 on grass that can either be a halle or a uh, queen's club definitely needs to happen extend that out a couple of weeks push back wimbledon because there's a little bit of a dead time after wimbledon where they have these you know these weird clay events in europe i think that they can just get rid of those and just extend the grass season but that's for another day frank we're here to talk about Wimbledon. Draws came out. We're a little bit late on this, but uh, we're going to sneak this episode in right before first uh, first hit tomorrow morning. Um, so, Frank, talk to me a little bit about, we've both kind of taken a look at the men's and the, the ladies' draw. We'll talk about the ladies first, because uh, ladies always do come first. So, in my opinion, I think Iga is kind of the woman to beat in this tournament. Um, I don't really see anybody else really contending much. Pliskova is a very good grass player. She's tall, likes to hit the ball flat, has a really good serve. We do have Serena Williams making her comeback, which is amazing. Um, She is slated to play against Harmony Tan first round, and she's going to be in Pliskova's, uh, I guess, kind of little section of the draw here. Um, what What are we expecting to see from Serena? I think that's the first question that we should tackle, Frank. Yeah, I personally am not expecting anything really out of Serena Williams. I think everybody pretending or acting like she should be the favorite at this point is a little far-fetched. Like, I don't even remember the last time that Serena played a professional match, quite honestly. That's so 2010. Yeah. (laughs) To think that she's the favorite right now. (laughs) Yeah, I think that would be that would be tough. Um but uh, the one thing that I will say that she does have going for her is she probably still has the best serve on the WTA tour, um, even now. And that really helps out a lot at Wimbledon. It's going to get her a lot of free, easy points. Do I think that she's going to be bowing out in the first round? A million percent. No, I think she'll win her first round matchup. I think she'll probably even win her second round matchup uh, against most likely Sarah Soribes Tormo. Um, I think where she probably will bow out will be against Pliskova in the third round would be my guess. Um, if Serena is able to beat Pliskova, then I would say that she has a serious chance of making a run to the semifinals and facing Iga Sviantek, who I think Iga would, would probably win that matchup. You know, that's, that's just my opinion. I, I think the other thing that Serena has going against her is obviously there's a difference between being in training shape and being in tournament shape. And Serena's fitness has always sort of been her Achilles heel, 
quote unquote, throughout her career. And to have that to 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 for this to be the first tournament that she's back in I don't even know how long and have to potentially play like all of these matches in a row. Like if she gets into one grinding match, I think she's gonna really struggle. Um so you know that's my concern. I think her fitness will hold up for like two, three matches, but like I think we could really start to see it deteriorate uh, as she gets into that second week. But uh, listen, the fact that she's out there, absolutely amazing. I think if she were able to win a match or two, absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm just happy to see her back. I think that's great. I think that a, any player, especially ones that are as important to the sport as Serena is, deserve to go out on their own sort of volition. And, uh, you know, if this is Serena's, you know, time that she wants to bow out, or if that's at the U.S. Open later this year, I hope that that she gets to go out when she wants to. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Frank. I don't think necessarily that she'll bow out yet, but I'm also really not expecting much from her at this tournament. She hasn't played, like you mentioned, being, you know, tennis fit, but also being match fit is a completely different thing. Most competitive tennis players know this. You really need to be in a certain rhythm. I mean, we've seen Dominic Team struggle with this a lot lately this year. I just don't think that it's realistic to expect Serena to make it anywhere more than maybe two or three rounds. It would be a miracle, honestly, if she got to the round of 16. I think that would be a really good result, taking out Pushkova, who's been in pretty good form. Um, so, yeah, not really expecting much from her, but... I'm uh, I'm excited for the women's tournament because we've got Anna Annette Condavite on the bottom of the half of the draw. She looks like she's been playing really good ball. She's a two seed. Um, also, I think a dark horse to win this tournament, a Danielle Collins. I think that she can be a really good grass player. Has a really good net game as well. Um, been playing super solid lately, but the favorite has still got to be Iga Frank. I mean, she's just such a crafty tennis player that not only can she do what she does on clay courts. She's got the net game, the slice variety, just the total just game. She's really got the total package. I think that she is going to be dominating this Wimbledon. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would say that she's going to be dominating. I, I think grass is a little bit of a different animal. I would also be super curious to see this tournament if somebody like Arya Sabalenka was in it because she has a game that really translates very well to grass. I was thinking about that um, too, yeah. Yeah, so, but obviously she is not playing as part of the ban on Belarusian and Russian tennis players. So that definitely does open the door for Iga a little bit. But the two players that I would sort of say are, you know, would be my dark horses. I'm going to go towards the bottom half of the draw as well. Uh, Daniel Collins is a great shout, by the way. I fully agree with that. She's awesome. Uh, I would say somebody like Maria Sakari, even though she hasn't been playing really very well um is somebody to watch really good serve very high hold percentage i think can do some damage on grass i think somebody like ans jabor right the three seed is another one really going to be captivating to watch and that would be a, a great story as well if she were able to pull it off and then the last one i'll highlight is somebody who has had a really nice few weeks here whenever they are not injured and healthy and playing on the tour they always have really good results so it's nice to see them actually be healthy and do that is belinda bencic who i think is a really really fantastic grass court player super comfortable at net decent serve 
Um, so she's another one that I would say is one to watch for on the women's side. Yeah, I agree with you about the Benchage pick. She's a really nice grass court player, has really nice flat strokes, also good variety with the slice. That's a great shot, Frank. I'm interested to see what John DeBoer does. Um, did I just spell that? Did I say that? Oh, my God. Right? Anz Jabor. Anz Jabor. I am so sorry. Anz Jabor. Um, I, I, can't, I can't really picture her on a grass court for some reason. I've seen her play on clay. She's an absolute fantastic clay player i'm really curious to see what she can do on grass <clears throat> but i think uh I, I i really think that this is kind of Iga's Iga's tournament to lose in my opinion uh, but i could definitely see i would like if you know daniel collins or a benchich or anjabor ended up winning this i wouldn't be shocked either but that's just kind of where i'm at yeah no i'm i'm uh i'm with you I think those are the the pretty clear favorites on the on the women's side. It'll be a good tournament. Um, like I, I think we've we've alluded to this a number of times on the podcast, but genuinely think that the women's tour is a little bit more interesting than the men's tour at this time. No matter what tournament that it sort of is, just because of the star power of Iga. Now you've got Serena entering back into the mix. And, you know, there's just sort of this vacuum that's in the WTA right now of just like who's going to fulfill that spot that who's going to fill that spot of being the like dominant player on that side. Whereas the men's side, I think, is a little bit clearer cut as to who that like those players are. I think the WTA has a little bit more a little bit more variety. So, yeah, I mean. It's interesting, and in I think it, the, the difference. I think there's a difference between the two. Interesting in that the WTA has just more of a complete open field, whereas the men, it's kind of like, all right, we've got about like five or six main dudes competing. Where it used to be only two or three, but now that there's like five or six, it's starting to become more interesting in that sense. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's completely open on the women's side because I think a, a long-standing criticism that we've had about the WTA is that it is completely open, right? And there was always, like, one player that, like, we knew, like Serena, that was going to get to the final and beat whoever was, you know, she was going up against. And now that's not necessarily the case, I would say. Like, I would favor, like, on gra on, on clay, rather, I would say yes. I, Iga, I think, is going to be the clear favorite on any clay court tournament, 100%. No problem, yes. But... I think on grass and hardcore, I think it's a little bit of a different story. I still, I I still have to see Ego win a hardcore slam before I I go that far, um, you know. But that, that that's just my opinion. But moving on, let's talk about the men's side. And unlike Roland Garros, I think that this tournament is actually seeded quite well. Uh, it's pretty balanced i don't think any half is really broken i don't even think even any quarter really is broken i think it's all fairly well laid out we'll have good anticipated quarterfinal matchups good semifinal matchups and hopefully a great final um so let's start let's break this down by quarter how does that work for you marcus that sounds good to me let's start right. off with quarter one yep so, Novak Djokovic uh, is quarter yeah i'm looking at it now um, by the way, I think a really, really interesting first round match in that corner, uh, in that quarter is Yannick Sinner against Stan Bobrinka first round. I think he's going to lose. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, speaking of upset alert, upset alert, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Yannick wins that matchup. Yannick is just not good on grass. I mean, I've seen him. He looks like a like a giraffe sliding on ice skates. It's not it's not good. <laughs> I love the guy, but like needs to spend some time on the on the grass. Um, uh, you know, listen, folks, Frank calls it like it is. Gotta love that. You could tell me I'm wrong. Like, tell me I'm wrong to my face if I'm wrong. Uh, honestly, I haven't really seen him play on grass enough, so I'm going to... That's I'm because gonna... he loses in the first round every single time on grass. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to value Frank's opinion on this one because I have no comeback for that. Um, another first-round matchup out of there also, by the way, potentially dangerous, uh, Carlos Alcaraz, Jan Leonard Struff. Jan Leonard Struff is a very good grass player, really big-serving ger- big German Loves to hit the crap out of the ball, plays pretty flat, decent hands. Um, that could be a, a tricky matchup. But otherwise, Frank, besides those two really good first ones, Djokovic, I don't see him losing to anybody before the quarters. Alcaraz, if he gets through Struff, he might have to deal with Isner. I think Djokovic take care, takes care of Opelka, but you never know with these big serving dudes on on grass so that that's where i'm at i'm i'm thinking a djokovic alcaraz uh quarterfinal i think that's what we're looking at uh i actually disagree i do not think that i think joe i agree with djokovic i think djokovic will get through comfortably to the quarterfinals that is that won't be an issue for him i do not think that alcaraz will be getting to the quarterfinals truthfully i think there's a lot of different players um that could upset him uh number one there's some a few players in this this quarter that I want to highlight that I think are super interesting. Number one, obviously John Isner. Number two is Oscar Ate, who has had a fantastic grass court season. Shout out to Oscar Ate getting seated at a slam. Yeah, seated at a slam. Good for him, honestly. Like that's so amazing. Um, here is my upset pick for Carlos Alcaraz. I think, it, uh, you know, Struff. I agree is a very tough first round matchup, but I think he does eventually make that through. I think he probably makes it through Oscar Ate. Can, can I guess who your well. upset pick is going to be? Yeah, go ahead. Is it going to be Fabio Fognini? No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going to be Andy Murray. Andy Murray on the grass has had a quietly very, very nice little season here. And at Wimbledon, home fans, I think, I think there's a chance there. Um, I think that in that fourth round matchup, they would play in the fourth round. Um, of Alcaraz and Annie Murray, I would take Murray in that. So, so I hold will... on. You think Murray is going to beat? I think he'll beat Duckworth. Do you think he's going to beat Isner? I do, I do. I think, and I think Murray has looked really, really good. I think put him on center court with all of the crowd energy. I would take Murray. Bold, I would. bold. I don't see that happening, but bold. Yeah, I just, no, I just don't. I, I want the story. I want the story. I, I know you do. I just don't see his body holding up, especially on grass. You got to get so low, and with that hip, uh, I don't know. Plus, you know, you got. I mean, Isner on grass, he's also tough. I mean, I think he can upset one or two guys, but to go that far and then upset Alcaraz, I don't know. I'm not confident on it. Well, I think it would be dependent on how. On how long it takes Murray to beat Isner. If Isner gets into like a, if Murray gets into like a five set battle with Isner, he's gonna get smoked the next day, no matter what, right? Which, like, honestly, I would say for most players on tour, right? If you play a five set battle, um, you're gonna struggle to really win that next matchup. But 
you know, that, that would be my pick. I think, I think Murray's looked really good. I think on grass, you can really minimize the amount of points that you're playing. And there's a lot of opportunities for him to sort of make that comeback um, really happen. And also shout out to Murray for, this is a tournament that he is not a wild card for. He legitimately um, sort of earned his spot, so to say, um, you know, through his ranking that he's, you know, climbed back up, which I think is tremendous. So shout out to him. That's awesome. Um, the last thing that I think we'll say about this quarter is who we think will get through to the semifinals. Uh, for me, it's Novak Djokovic. Uh, for Marcus, I think it is the same, if I'm reading him correctly here. Yeah, it's Nole. I don't see anybody taking him out at that stage yet. Yeah. So. Okay. So on to the second quarter. Uh, this is the Casper Rude quarter. It's really incredible for those words to be coming out of my mouth that this is Casper Rude's quarter. But uh, this Lamau. is Rude's quarter. Um, I don't think this one has as many things to talk about as the quarter that we've just spoken. Um, Cam Norrie could be an interesting player. Tommy Paul has had a fantastic grass season and has 100% earned the 30th seed that he has. Gregor Dimitrov is in this quarter. And of course, and my favorite to come out of this quarter is Hubert Herkash is in this quarter. Um, and he will, I'll just, spoiler alert, I think he's going to get to the semifinals. I think he's the best player in this quarter by a pretty significant margin on grass. So he would be my pick. I think Casper Ruud probably is going to bow out to... Actually, I don't really know who he could bow out to. He's got a pretty easy run here. I can tell you. I think I can tell you who. Uh, can I guess? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to guess. Okay, I'm going to give two guesses. Um, one, I would say you're going to mention David Goffin, who has also been playing pretty decent. Or I think you're going to mention Francis Tiafo. Yeah, I'm definitely not mentioning Goffin, but I'm definitely mentioning Tiafo. Tiafo is an excellent grass court player. Great serve, really good slice. Loves to hit the ball flat. I mean, he's just kind of tailor-made for the grass. And on, quite honestly, I think I'm going to say with confidence that he'll beat Casper Ruud. I don't see Casper Ruud beating him on a grass court. If those so, two end up playing, yes, I fully agree with you. I would yeah. take Tiafo in that matchup. So so I've got Tiafo going to the quarters. I don't really see anybody because that like upper half of that quarter is not really that, you know, um, kind of filled. PCB is interesting. Yeah, not on, not on grass, really. I'm not interested in that. Uh, bottom half, Nori, I think the Nori-Horkash match, if they both make it, will be really, really good. I think Nori's also a great grass player, in addition to Horkash, who famously beat Federer um, a couple of years ago uh, at Wimbledon. So I think uh, I think we're looking at, in my opinion, a Tiafo-Horkash quarters. Uh, and I'm going to have to agree with Frank here, even though I don't like to, but I really think Rukash is just a dominant force on, on grass, really big serve, big ground strokes, has a lot of comfortable experience playing on grass. So I think that he'll go through that semis. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't think there's any player that's nearly as experienced and as strong on grass as, as her cash is, but no. And Definitely he's a, and listen, I think Herkash that Herkash Djokovic semifinal, we'll get into that later, but that's that that's no walkover for Novak. Herkash is a legit grass court player. I would not want to play him. So Absolutely. Anyway, not. we're moving on to the third quarter, which is technically Stefano Sitsipas's quarter, but I 
this is this is Matteo Berrettini's quarter. We're in agreement, right? Like <laughs> this is Matteo Berrettini's quarter. Yeah, I mean, I mean, half the names I don't even know. Uh, Shapovalov, we all know my faith in him is next to none. Um, and no, no one's really a good grass court player here, really, besides Berrettini. And I'm not really sold on Tsitsipas being really a good grass court I player. Think, so. I think RBA, I think Roberto Batista would beat Tsitsipas. I, he's had a very nice grass court season. Yeah, he might, but I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm just not really interested I'm sorry, in this quarter. I'm completely on. wrong. There's a player, there's a very interesting player in here that we need to talk about Nick Kyrgios. Yeah. What do we think about Nick Kyrgios? I think, actually now looking at his draw, see, he's the type of guy where either he can bow out first round or when he wants to, and he, I know he really likes grass, I could see him making it to the quarters. Like, I could totally see that happening. That's what I think will happen, for what it's worth. I think Kyrgios will get to the quarters, and I think he will bow out. I think he'll eventually run out of gas to Matteo Berrettini. But I think, but I agree with you. I think it'll be like an ego thing where he says, like, I think I'm a top five, top 10 player in the world on grass, which is something that he has said. And he's going to have to prove that by beating someone like Sitsipas. So I would say, you know, the quarterfinal is going to be Matteo Berrettini versus uh, Nick Kyrgios, which will be a great matchup, by the way. That would be an amazing semifinal if that does happen. And I would pretty, I, I, I would take Berrettini, who has won both tournaments on grass that he has played in uh, and come back from, which is really remarkable, again, that, that he has done that. So um, that, that, that would be my pick. I think a really interesting player um, to watch, and I think one of the more interesting first-round matchups is Denis Shapovalov versus Arthur Rinderneck, who Arthur Rinderneck, if you, don't, do not, if you do not know, uh, played college tennis in the United States. Uh, did he play for TCU? Am I remembering that right? No, no, sorry. He, I just couldn't hit the, hit the mute button off. He played at uh, Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Uh, Nori played at TCU. Is that it? Am I getting them backwards? Yeah, that's Yeah, correct. okay. I always flip them. So Rinderneck played at Texas A&M. Um, he's from France. Big guy. He's like, I think he's like 6'5". Big, pretty big serve. Really nice forehand. Pretty good movement on it. Um, so he, he, I think would be a really interesting player to go up against Shapovalov and potentially upset him. So that is actually one of my favorite first round matchups here. Another really interesting one is going to be the potential of the Jack Draper and Alex Dimonor matchup that could go on in the second round. Uh, Jack Draper pretty much only shows up for the grass season. Got to respect it. Uh, and he has some pretty, he's had some pretty decent results. A player who I think should be good on grass, um, just I don't think is old enough to have the experience yet just because the season is so small is somebody like Jensen Brooksby, uh, who is again, ultra crafty, um, pretty decent serve, fantastic slice like that two handed slice is dirty. Uh, and I think he could, he could potentially cause some trouble to some people, but I think unfortunately because he ends up playing Matteo Berrettini so soon, he's just not going to have the ability to beat someone like Matteo on grass right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, Berrettini's kind of the clear cut to come out of the quarterfinals. I know Kyrgios can make a little run, but I don't see him beating Tsitsipas and Berrettini, so I really don't have that much to say about that quarter. So let's let's hop into that 
Actually, well, we're at the final one here, Frank. We've got um, FAA to top it off as a six seed there. Uh, you've also got a Dan Evans sprinkled in there, a Holger Rune who came off a really good French Open, Taylor Fritz, who's no slouch on grass, uh, Marin Cilic making the semis of the French Open, also really good grass court player, huge serve, uh, and at the bottom, this dude named Rafael Nadal. And Frank, right before we started talking today on this podcast, we were discussing about how difficult this quarter looks for Nadal to get through. Uh, second round, he's got the potential to play Sam Query, who I believe he might have even, or I don't know if he lost to Wimbledon, but I know he's played some tight matches at Wimbledon. Big serving American, big off both wings, dangerous on grass. Um, and then he's got potentially Marin Cilic. And then either Fritz or an FAA, maybe even a Dan Evans if the E upsets. I mean, that's just a really, really tough corner, uh, tough quarter for him to get through. I, I don't even, I don't even know if I would want to pick Nadal at this point. I want to, I want to hear your thoughts actually before I start making picks. Yeah, it's this is by far the best quarter in my opinion, but. Uh, I think FAA, uh, listen, FAA doesn't have an easy first round matchup, by the way. Maxime Cressy is a legit grass court player, huge serve, really like serve and volley style player. I would 100% recommend you watch that match uh, for all of our listeners. Jack Sock, uh, listen, say what you want about Jack Sock. On his day, he could beat anybody in the world. He's got a huge serve, great forehand, pretty good slice, fantastic at net. You know, Dan Evans, sort of the same thing. Holger Rune is in here. Um, Lorenzo Musetti is a super crafty player. That's another great matchup in the first round. Fritz Musetti. Marin Cilic has been playing unbelievable this season, obviously. So he is another person to watch. Uh, Mackie McDonald is no walkover for for um, for for Cilic in the first round. That's going to be something to watch. Richard Gasquet is down there. I don't know how that guy's still playing, but he's still playing. Got to respect it. Um, another interesting first-round matchup in this quarter is Feliciano Lopez versus Botek Vandish Sandsloop. Um, that's another really interesting one. Like, There's just so many good players, like specifically good grass court players that I would think of in this in this quarter that it's going to be a mess to get out of. Like, I think this quarter is, I don't know who's going to come out. This is going to be a complete crapshoot because in a world where Nadal potentially has to play Sam Query, then somebody like Marin Cilic, and then end up with like FAA, like that is a really tough run up and that could potentially physically wear him down. That being said, um, I actually will be taking FAA in the top half and I'll be taking Nadal in the bottom half. So I think the quarter will end up being FAA Nadal. FAA is pretty comfortable on grass. He does well. Um, the serve will definitely help him. However, I don't know about you, but I am having this feeling about Nadal this year that I think think he has a chance to do something really special so i'm personally going to be taking nadal out of this quarter which will set up the rafael nadal matteo berrettini semifinal i am going to disagree frank i think that this is faa's chance to make it big and i think that he's a really good grass court player and i think this is this is kind of his time to have like a mini breakthrough 
Um, and I and I think that he will beat Nadal in that quarterfinal match. I think that he is maturing at a steady state, and I think that he really, not only does he really want this type of match, but he also really needs this type of match. And with Nadal, I be, I, I'm, I'm with you. This is special what he's doing. Don't get me wrong, but his foot is a little concerning. I, I don't know how much longer he can really hold out, you know, but I know he said that he's, you know, he's taking yeah, he injections. He said his foot and... is feeling a lot better for what it's worth. He said that he's feeling, he has feeling in his foot. He said that's not a concern for him at Wimbledon for just, just, just to make that clear. That's what he said. He also, uh, yeah, but he also hasn't played Wimbledon and he hasn't played a match since the French open. So, you know, I want to see how he feels that when he's played four, three or four matches and he's got to play FAA in a grueling match. So I don't know. I, th- I think that FAA is going to pull through on this one. For what it's worth, I think logically, if I was picking with my brain, I actually would pick FAA. I think this is going to be F. I think FAA, this is the time where he could score a real upset. Um, however, I think thinking about the storyline of it and the emotional side of it, I would take Nadal because I really do think that there is a very serious chance that Nadal uh, ends up winning this tournament. But getting on to the semifinals that we've now predicted, um, or you know, we have a slight disagreement, but the top half were in agreement. Novak Djokovic, Kubi Harkash. Who are we taking there? I'm taking Djokovic. I can't. I can't. I, I just think that he is the best still the best grass court player until someone proves me wrong. Um, and I don't think Horkash is ready to take out a Djokovic in a semifinal for Wimbledon yet. I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think Djokovic is mentally way too strong. And Djokovic is also under some extreme fire now, Frank. He was only down one Grand Slam and the whole Grand Slam total. Now he's down two. And that's a big difference because now he's got to win technically three to overtake it um and he's got to start winning these things quick because all these other dudes on tour are getting better he's getting older wimbledon's kind of been his tournament in recent years um there's really been no clear-cut guy who can you know take him out or at least no threats on the grass court baratini aside and we'll get into that a little bit later but i think that djokovic is going to take that match yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I would take Novak in five. I think that's a really close match, though. Um, I don't think that's by any means a walkover. I would take Novak in five for the reasons that you've just said. I think the experience, everything like that probably comes through there. I think that would be a really tremendous win if Herkash were to take out Novak in the semifinals. But, I mean, listen, the, the finals matchup that I want to see is Herkash versus Berrettini. I think that would be so good for tennis for so many different reasons. Um, or even Herkash versus FAA as another one. It would be so good for tennis for so many different reasons. I would, I yeah, I would take Novak in five. That's the safe pick for sure. You you just you just can't bet against Novak is the two time defending champion technically on, on 20, 2019, skip twenty 2020, twenty and then twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one, yeah. And then he, I mean he's he's won he's won six Wimbledon's, Frank. I mean he's and he also won twenty eighteen actually. Yeah, so I mean, listen, Novak is now approaching. Novak has a very legitimate argument that he is the second greatest grass court player a lot uh, to have ever played, which is a really that's a fast. Like, if he wins this for sure, I think he is undoubtedly second best grass player to ever 
you know, grace the court. But it's definitely very, very interesting. We have in this in this uh, in this bottom in this last semifinal matchup, we have a difference here. Matteo Berrettini, we both agree, is going to be in that semifinal. I have Nadal. Marcus has FAA. Who's getting through to the final, Marcus? I think Berrettini. I think Berrettini's just so good on grass, and I think that FAA is not going to be able to overtake that challenge yet. I I know that he said he's going to beat Nadal, but I think also it's just a bad matchup for FAA because Berrettini kind of plays a little bit similarly, but I think an elevated level on He's a better grass. version of him. Just say it. He's a better. He's, he's a, got a better serve. He's got a bigger forehand. Well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I think if it was a hard court or a clay court, I would pick FAA. But I think because it's on grass and Mateo doesn't have to deal with being moved around as much, because I think FAA is way more athletic. Backhand I think that, slice also. Backhand yeah. slice, good on grass. Mateo's got one of the best backhand slices on tour. Uh, that yeah. that that weakness is just so like this is why Mateo is so good on on grass is because his biggest liability is his backhand and if he's able to just hit backhand slices and it's a good shot which it is on grass he's a really really tough opponent to beat this surface just completely neutralizes his his glaring flaw yep I mean right on so I I, I just don't see FAA I just on, not on grass. I think other surfaces, I would pick FA, but not on grass. I think that Berrettini is going to pop through there. What's your? What do you? What are you thinking, Frank? Well, you got a different matchup, so I have Nadal Berrettini. I have Nadal Berrettini, and again, my head is telling me Matteo Berrettini Novak Djokovic is going to happen again. We're going to have the same semi. We're going to have the same final. But like, my heart is telling me like oh, Nadal is going to get through. Don't bet against Nadal. Like, don't do it. Like, you've done this a million times before. You bet against Nadal, you get absolutely owned. So, <laughs> I'm going to go Nadal. I'm going to go Nadal. Oh, Frank. I'm going to go Nadal. I'm going to go Nadal in five. I'm going to go Nadal. Yeah, I'm going to go Nadal in five. And uh, we're going to get, we're going to get, we're going to get the final that everybody wants. Nadal versus Djokovic. Oh, my God. And, and please, please. Who do you think is going to win that matchup then? Oh, God, don't say it. We're running it, baby. We're running the table. You're Let's insane. Go. Let's go. You're Let's insane. go, Nadal. Nadal's going to win. To our listeners, Frank uh, has been checked into an insane asylum. Uh, I mean, listen, for what it's worth, trying to pick who's going to be in the final and win it at this point is is next to impossible. Yeah, it's very difficult. I agree. It's especially difficult with this tournament because I have not seen Nadal on grass. I have not seen Djokovic on grass anytime soon. So it's like really tough to sort of project how they're going to do. Like, it's very easy for me to tell you that I think Matteo Berrettini is going to be in the semifinal. I think Ruby Hercash is going to be in the semifinal because it, those two guys won the three grass tournaments that are in the run-up to Wimbledon. I've seen them play. It's really tough for me to talk about Nadal and Djokovic and give an accurate sort of projection for them. Uh, but I would, if you're asking me my my favorites in order, I would say Djokovic is probably on top, if I'm being honest. Well, right? hold on, hold on, hold on. Why do you think Nadal is going to beat Djokovic in the final? I'm telling you, I don't have a good logical reason. That I just have a gut feeling about it. I just have this, I have been having this overwhelming gut feeling about Nadal that he saw what Djokovic was able to do last year and going 27 and one in majors. And his competitive spirit is saying, 
well, if he can do that, why can't you? And I think, no, Nadal is going to go for the Grand Slam. That's that's what I think is going to happen. I think if Nadal doesn't win Wimbledon, I think he probably skips the U.S. Open, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly going for the Grand Slam. but I The draw is brutal. Don't get me wrong. The draw is brutal. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't even... So I don't even have Nadal in the final, but if I did, I would still pick Djokovic because I think it's it's grass. And I think that at this point, really for me, the only surface that I really think Nadal can beat Djokovic on is clay. And I think that grass is too opposite of clay for that to happen at this point in their careers. So I don't really see that happening, but my final is not Nadal anyway, because <laughs> I didn't think he was going to make it. I've got Djokovic Berrettini in which I'm also picking Djokovic because I, I just I just think that Djokovic has just got one more, at least one more Wimbledon in him. I think this is going to be it. I don't think Berrettini is going to be ready to do it. Um, I think Berrettini in the future will be winning Wimbledon or at least favorite to win Wimbledon on a consistent basis. I just don't see it yet happening. And I think that something is, I think Djokovic is really realizing that things are slipping away from him in real time. He need, he knows how badly he needs this Wimbledon because theoretically, if he wins Wimbledon, he can snag the U.S. Open and then he's tied with Nadal again, and then they basically just start this whole thing over again next year. And we'll see, you know, whether or not Nadal's still playing by that time next year. But I think that Nadal, uh, Djokovic, has such a need. I think it's more so a necessity to win this Wimbledon. That's why I think it's going to happen. Yeah, see, that I think is the problem. That I think is the problem. I think that Novak has so much pressure again, like on him right now at Wimbledon that he is just not going to handle it very well. I, 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 I he, like, it, it, you also need to, like, I'll ask you this too. Did you think that Nadal was going to win Australia? Because I didn't have that in a realm of possibility that that would happen. No, but Djokovic also didn't play Australia. Djokovic didn't play, but uh, we were both very confident in our belief that like Medvedev is the best hardcore player in the world and he's going to like capture every hardcore slam for at least a little bit that Djokovic doesn't play in. Yeah, but then again, you got to think about it from this point of view that Nadal potentially would have had to beat both of them in order to win and had Djokovic play, but now he only had to beat one of them, which is a lot less. We can't do that. Can't do yes, that. Absolutely. We can't can. do that. No, we, we always abide. We always abide by the rule. You beat who's in front of you. And I totally agree. And he beat who was in front of him. But there was also a dude who was not in front of him as well. So I can keep that in mind as well. I have this feeling about Nadal. There's no logic behind it. It's just purely a gut feeling. And I openly admit that it's a gut feeling. And there's no basis for it. I think the logical pick here is very clearly Matteo Berrettini, Novak Djokovic in the final. And I actually would say that the final, like if 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 that was my final, if that ends up being the finals matchup, I would actually very, very, very slightly lean Djokovic. I think that's a five set nail biting match. I think Matteo Berrettini has been playing absolutely insane. He's completely fresh. He's been playing himself like back into shape really, really well. And every time I've seen him play on grass, he looks better and better and better. That's my opinion. But I could absolutely see. Um, but, but my pick is, is still going to be Nadal. Why not? And you know what, Frank, I guess we're going to have to find out in the next two weeks and people are holding us accountable to our picks. My dad, Todd, shout out to Todd. Uh, when he FaceTimed me the other day, he's like, yeah, you and Frank, I forgot what it was, but you guys made a really, really good prediction. So people are listening to our predictions and they're holding us to it. So we 
we got to be good. No, you know, Kokonakis beating the doll in the first round of Australia. Add Upset strength. alert. Upset alert. <laughs> I'm not gonna not I'm not gonna blow blow you up completely, but no. Oh no, I've had, oh I've had some bad ones too. Yeah, yeah no, no I mean sure that you We're can't horrible. you can't predict every single uh quarter of a major and not be completely shattered and blown up. I totally. think part of I think part of the thing that we've learned by doing this is that you need to expect the unexpected. And that's why that bottom quarter that we taught in the dolls quarter, I am expecting the unexpected. I don't know who's going to come out of that. For all I know, like Nick Kyrgios could come out of that quarter and be in the semifinals against Berrettini. Wouldn't surprise me, to be honest with you. So that, yeah, I mean that, that, that would be wild. Yeah. For those people who are holding us accountable, it's easy for you because you're not going on the Breakpoint podcast and giving your picks. So if you do want to share your picks, we have Instagram, Breakpoint Podcast 7. Let us know. We're probably going to be polling big time to let it, uh, to figure out what you guys are thinking about Wimbledon. Uh, you can also shoot us an email with your picks. Nobody's emailing us. No one's emailing us. I'm going to stop. We're, we're going to stop the email thing. But in case, BreakpointPodcast7 at gmail.com. Uh, but yeah, no, we really want to hear Wimbledon picks. Uh, we're going to do a little Wimby midweek check-in next week but we're really excited frank uh to see what's going to go down at this tournament yeah it should be a really good one um like i said there's a lot of matchups that i think are going to be really compelling to watch for all of sort of the tennis neutrals out there people who just are like casual fans wimbledon is the best tournament to watch because the matches are really quick they're really pretty on the grass uh the play style is really fun to watch much more fun than like clay for example so uh, I think you're going to this is this is one to to if you have some friends that are on the fence about tennis, you want to show them a tennis match. Wimbledon is definitely the time to do that. So it's the, best, it's the best time for our sport. So thanks for listening, everybody. We hope to hear from you soon. As Marcus mentioned, please give us a DM rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That helps us out tremendously when you do that. Leave us a comment review. Also very helpful. And uh, if you have any topics, suggestions, you want to be in the pod, please DM us at Breakpoint Podcast 7. And until then, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. Catch you.